0: What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this game day. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Pelicans are back home as they take on the Brooklyn Nets. A couple of heartbreaking losses over the weekend to the Wizards and the Knicks, but they try to bounce back today. And the game will be televised on TNT. you will have the call from Brian Anderson and our special guest for today, Jim Jackson, 14-year NBA vet, who is an analyst for TNT and, of course, also on the Big East Network and FS1 as well. Jim, I really appreciate the time. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. Happy Tuesday. Happy,
0: happy Tuesday. T- happy Tuesday to you, too. Uh, before we get into an actual matchup in the Brooklyn Nets, just want I'm sure you've watched a, a decent amount of Pelicans games uh, throughout the season. I know they're going through a little bit of a rust patch right now, but what have you seen from this young Pelicans yeah. team this season?
1: Well, I mean, I think Pelicans fans, I know it's disappointing when you lose games, especially games where you have kind of control of, the, like the New York game. You know, just you're right there but you just can't seem to get over, huh? 25 and 32, you ask yourself, how many of those games really were closed games, one, two possessions game, games that they could have won. But part of the process too, um, that I know internally, uh, you know, management is evaluating is that it's a young team. And with youth, you know, figuring out how to close out games consistently, figuring out defensively, especially with Coach Stan Van Gundy, uh, accountability, and how to be a consistently really good defensive team um, its tough. And that's what you – that's why you see the fluctuations in the ability to close out games. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So um, what I see in the team, though, is the ability to have a short memory and bounce back and play extremely hard, just like the Wizards lost it easily snowballed into a blow-up against – that wasn't the case. This young team continues – to work hard, play hard, try to do the right thing offensively, defensively, which I think in the, in the learn bodes well for this organization.
0: With a young team, do the losing games like this? I know they've done this before. Can that hurt the confidence of a team when you get down the stretch? Let's say they do that again tonight in Brooklyn where they go, here we go again. They're playing more of not to lose instead of trying to get the win. Could that mindset change the confidence of a team if they especially go through this a lot of times or just something that maybe will make them even better down the line?
1: Well, each team is different, and the makeup and content of the team is different. Um, thing the organization I know they're really imparting upon their young men is to continue to go through the process. Try to what they try to also do is ensure that it's, it's it's the positivity around the organization, despite maybe some of the losses, the close losses that they have, don't impact the effort of the players. Now, if that was the case in regards to a hangover of losses, I think if you at this point of the season that would have shown up in the play for the, of the team, and that hasn't. So that gives you a true indication of the professionalism of these young men and that having folded the tent, so to speak, despite some of the hardships they've
0: had. Before we get into the Brooklyn Nets, of course, all eyes are on Zion Williamson, of course, had a great game against the Mm -hmm. New York Knicks. His new shoe comes out, which he'll debut tonight on TNT. What have you seen from him as far as his evolution? Even last year, when it was hard to evaluate him based on his health and the the short minutes and bursts, for the most part, he's been healthy all season long. What have you seen as far as his growth from last year to this year?
1: Well, one, he's in better shape, and he'll tell you that. And that came from not being injured, being able to be or to get the reps early. Now, you don't have the number of practice repetitions you have with the training camp. But you can tell his stamina is a lot better. He's able to finish games and play in longer stretches, which is the first you want him on the court healthy. And when he's healthy enough and shape enough to be able to finish out the game. Second, his understanding as a He's a second-year player on paper, but still maybe a year and a half or so into his playing career just because it was shortened last year for him. He's still learning, but now he's able to identify the spots in the defense a lot better, okay, Um, and attack those spots. He's finishing better over contact in regards to size than he was last year. Again, all these things are growth. He's actually – being able to show more of his overall game. Stan has done a great job of putting his hands kind of at the point and, off and bring it back to him and now he can attack. But that's what you expect from a high IQ guy like Zion, a highly motivated young man who's worked on his game, who's now entering into his second year. That growth is not just the physical side, but it's how you view and see the game. And I think he's on par for both of those. Athletically, he's gotten better stamina he's gotten better but from an IQ perspective he's seeing the game through a different sense which allows him to be as successful as he he is right now
0: as far as tonight's game is concerned with the Brooklyn Nets no James Harden and no Kevin Durant they will have nine guys available for tonight Mm -hmm. but still a very talented ball club how did the Pelicans approach tonight's game one with a sense of urgency with 15 games to go still uh, up for the play-in but have a long way to go as far as catching up with San Antonio and of course now Golden State but As far as tonight's matchup, how can the Pelicans maybe take advantage of still a really good Brooklyn Nets team that has Kyrie Irving? You know, they are shorthanded.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, you can't beat yourself. You know, loose ball. I mean, um, live ball turnovers allow Brooklyn to get out and guard. Uh, Landry Shaman is playing excellent basketball. I mean, right now over his last five or six games. So it's not you got a Brooklyn team that despite not having Harden and Kevin Durant, that you just got some guys that can't play. And that Joe Harris gets you. You know, Bruce Brown is playing excellent defense, so he impacts the game. We already talked about Shaman and, of course, Nick Claxton comes in. So this is a team that still has talent, which I think helps because those guys that we just mentioned, I just mentioned, are getting in-game quality time. Don't forget about Jimmy, in-quality minutes at the end of the game to make decisions. So for, you know, it all starts, it, it, it starts and ends on the defensive end with the Pelicans. Are they allowing the easy opportunities for Brooklyn to take advantage of it? The miscommunication at the end of the game can't happen. Are you communicating what the message is defensively throughout the course of the game so you don't give up easy shots? If guys make shots over the top of your defense, nothing you can do about it. Those are the little things, I think, for um, the Pels. And And I love to see, too, and I know that Bledsoe and also, um, Lonzo, the last three games, you know, only, I think, together, like four for 23 from on the three line. Right. If those two get some shots, that opens
0: it up for Brandon to have more room, also Zion to have more room. Some good points there. Uh, before we move on here with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, this is uh, – it's kind of hard for the big three to play together with the injuries of James Harden, now Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving's missed mm-hmm. some games. Is that a big concern to you as far as the Nets going into the playoffs or with with how talented they are? Does does playing these games together before the playoffs, are they as important as people talk about? Or is that something that really doesn't matter when these three guys get into the playoffs with how deep they are?
1: Well, I mean, for the bigger picture, it is. I mean, in the short term, the talent, they're going to be able to win it win games because they're just much more talented. And once you start talking to seven game series, um, that's a different animal because, you have it through as a group i think this is the important part they still have a great opportunity to get to the western Eastern conference finals and the championship game based around the talent the question is have they developed enough scars by playing through the course of the year to when they go through tough stretches in a series to be able to respond accordingly we don't know we haven't seen them through it individually but collectively as a group they have it. and we haven't seen that yet so um, it is important that they get on the same page. Um, you can't all of a sudden get in the last 12 games the kind of insight that you would get over 50 games on each other. But it could give you a window into how good they can actually be offensively, defensively, collectively as a group, having that continuity over the last eight to 10 game to develop some. And even if they have to go through some challenges how do they respond as a group we really haven't seen that consistently yet cuz it's only been 7 games so turn is more so if they get into a tough series how do they respond according cuz we haven't seen it that's it's not a, it's not a question of talent three yeah, you know this listen like golden state you can take one guy out. He may have a bad night, off night, and that off night might be 15 points, okay? <laughs> Two of the guys are not going to be off. And that's that's the same dynamic you have with Brooklyn. And that's what makes it challenging to uh, play against. It.
0: I'm glad you brought up Golden State. That was going to be something I addressed at the very end, but I do want to talk about what they're doing now. Of course, for Pelicans fans, it's not been easy to watch as they're trying to chase the Golden State Warriors as one of the teams to get into that playing spot. But the way Steph Curry has been playing lately, I mean, it doesn't surprise us, but it seems like he continues just to show what he's capable of doing. Um, what have you seen from him as far as a lot of people are starting to throw him into the MVP conversation. Um, are, are you buying that uh-huh. uh, right now? I know it's, they have not, you know, clinched a playoff spot yet or fighting for that plane, but boy, how much has Steph been for this team that is trying to get in, even without Clay Thompson, they still have Draymond Green, James Wiseman going through some injury. Uh, is, how impressive uh-huh. have you been with what Steph's been able to do over the last handful of games? what's
1: it, it's been unbelievable now if i had mvp voted he wouldn't be in my vibe just because um this has come a little bit later but he would be mentioned okay um but i think what he's done is so special because a national tv perspective golden state was put on tv so now he's able to put on the show for the nba which they love despite that they may be a knife um the knife slot in the Western Conference game they're still intriguing because they're in the playoff picture couple that with the fact that Steph's game allows him to be effective he's not a guy that necessarily just has the ball in his hands. that's why he's able to be so dynamic in scoring because like Steve Kerr, can move him around like a chess piece it's a lot easier to double team and get the ball out of a guy's hands when he has the ball and dominates all the time but with Steph He's so dynamic at moving without the ball. That's always been his game, and coupled with the fact that um, you know Jordan Poole is playing better, trips back in the mix, kind of facilitating um, other guys on the squad, allow him the freedom enough to steal Kelly Ubrink when healthy, to be able to operate and be Steph. And it's a, it, what he's doing right now is special. And the question was, could Steph carry a team? Um, and we're seeing. And even if this is a short snippet, how effective he can be. That was a big win in Philly last night. Yeah. He didn't have to buy his hair. Okay. But and Ben Simmons, I get it. But this is a team, Golden State, that's all, also shorthanded, not just from bodies, but in talent in some aspect. And Steph was able to win. And that tells a lot about his character.
0: Before I let you go, as I mentioned, these two teams, the Golden State Warriors and the Pelicans, along with the Spurs. And the Grizzlies and the Mavericks are battling for that play in tournament spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it happened with the bubble and everyone really enjoyed, you know, Grizzlies in Portland last year for the West. Are you a fan of the play? And just as a basketball fan, do you like the play? And do you see it being a part of uh, the Western Conference, Eastern Conference playoff picture come next year? Well, I
1: mean, I, I like the the one-game scenario, or it could be a two-game scenario if, you know, the 7th seed loses to the t- ninth or 10th, or the 7th seed loses to the 10th. But unfair, if you're the seventh seed, if you're in that position and all year you set yourself up to be ahead of the pack and yet and still you got a game to be in the playoffs. So as a fan of it, watching the intrigue and how it brought the excitement, which I think on both ends is going to be dynamic this year. Because if you're the NBA, think about this, Daniel, you don't know who number one seeds are yet because they're not locked in or the number twos. Or the number threes. You don't know yet because there's a lot of games left. And that's what the NBA wants. On the back end, you don't know about these play-in scenarios, who's going to be what. You know, and you don't know about the MVP race. You don't know about the rookie of the year race. Probably most improved, Randall probably will get that. But you got all this intrigue at the end of the season, and that's what the NBA has always thrived. Before, you know Golden State and Cleveland were going to be in the final. New LeBron James MVP or Steph or, you know, that was a month out. You don't have that now. So going into the last, you know, two weeks of the season, this is what the NBA has always envisioned,
0: this kind of intrigue. And I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Nothing is set in stone, which has been crazy enough with the Mm seeding. And then you're adding more teams that normally would be out of the playoff picture right now that are still fighting in the Western and Eastern Conference. So I'm with you. I think it's really good for the game of basketball. That's Jim Jackson, of course. He'll be on the call tonight with Brian Anderson for Pelicans and Nets. You can watch it on TNT. You can follow him on Twitter at JimJackson419. Jim, I really appreciate the time. Have a great call, and hopefully we'll talk to you in the future.
1: You got it, bro. Good luck tonight, too.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, as I mentioned, 6.30 p.m. Central tonight, Pelicans and Nets from the Smoothie King Center. The Pelicans will be back on the road on Thursdays. they will take on the Orlando Magic tonight, 6.30, with pregame coverage on the radio starting at 6 o'clock. No local television, so you can watch it with Brian Anderson, and Jim Jackson on TNT. But you can also listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM if you want some of the local perspective on tonight's game. We'll have another Pelicans podcast for you tomorrow with Ben Golliver, who wrote a great book called Bubble Ball on his life inside the bubble as a member of the media. Uh, he'll he'll join us tomorrow to talk about his book and also the Pelicans and their race for the playing spot in the Western Conference. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I know it's a little late as we're getting this podcast, but hopefully this was a great preview before you head to the arena for tonight's ballgame. Until tomorrow, for Jim Jackson, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.